Here we are, Sing Second Sports. This is pod number 11. I am John Schofield, former Naval Academy PAO, uh, class of 1996 in Nova. Joining me as always, class of 82 graduate uh, Ward Carroll and our special guest, Bill Wagner. Um, this podcast is brought to you by our title sponsor, Mills Fine Wine and Spirits. Mills Fine Wine and Spirits offers free delivery to Annapolis addresses with a $50 minimum order and proof of ID required. Check out www.millswine.com for their catalog and ways to order. Most deliveries occur within two hours, but in almost all cases, same day. Mills Fine Wine and Liquor is the title sponsor of Six Second Sports. So, here we are. Um, we continue to proceed down the path toward fall sports. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd like to hear your perspective, Wags, about what's been breaking in the sports world. You know, mindful, though, that you're on furlough again this week, which is ridiculous, and I'll refrain from, from getting too upset about that. But, you know, what, what's been breaking in the sports world for you? Well, the latest news regarding related to Navy athletics is that the Collegiate Sprint Football League, the CSFL, announced they will not have a fall season. I talked to Major Jason Dewald, who is in his third year as the coach, and he said there's 65 uh, midshipmen on the roster. That, so that's 65 men who are getting their physicals you know, outlet, their daily sports period through sprint football. So they're going to continue to practice. And you know where have we heard this before? They're going to play Army twice, <laughs> maybe even three times. Um, so that may be the only contest they have, their Army, uh, Navy, sprint football. And again, if they play in the spring, since Army and Navy are both in the, the CSFL, they'd play Army again as part of the regular season that's going to happen in the spring. So strange times continue with Navy fall sports. Well, again, we keep overutilizing the, the words new normal, but it, maybe it is the new normal that Army Navy just play more in the future. But it, it has a bunch of logistical difficulties. And, and Ward, I know that you've got some insider info based on you know, mids that you've been sponsoring. You know, we're now about two to three weeks into new pleads. Uh, arriving on campus, quarantines ending for detailers and class of 2024 guys. How do you think they're going to be able to do, you know, not only fall sports, you know, with no Patriot League season, but how do you think they're going to be able to do a fall semester with the mids? Yeah, so I'm in comms with mids that I deal with. Uh, I'm not sponsoring them, but I deal with them through uh, myriad uh, associations as a function of working at the Naval Institute. And, and so I'm hearing um, that it's kind of a pickup game in that, you know, it's like get the brigade back in, in different waves, um, find them various places in the hall to live, get them grab and go chow, um, give them some means to recreate in keeping with the protocols and take it from there. So, um, 
I think with respect to how this is going to affect fall sports, um, as we're seeing, it's kind of a, as it unfolds, make it up as you go along. Find other schools in your division or not that are willing. It starts, I mean, the matrix is pretty simple. Like, are you willing to play us? Never mind. Um, are you in our conference? Are you in our division? Are you going to be a fair challenge? It's, it's just, can you play? And as we will hear, um, the restrictions on teams in terms of travel and, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, are, are pretty onerous. You know, there's no overnighters. There's, so that limits the, the radius of, of competition substantially. So I think this year is going to be making the best out of a really bad situation, both in terms of the sports ecosystems, but more broadly, to your point, John, the just life in the yard. Um, the other thing I heard was, um, yes, the brigade will be back. Um, there's some rumor that a portion of the brigade will be distance learning because of space requirements with the need to have isolation parts of Bancroft Hall. So there aren't enough racks in Bancroft for the entire brigade. So maybe youngsters will, you know, the lost year gets a whole new meaning here and youngsters will be not required to be present while the other three years would. Um, but they will be doing distance learning from Bancroft Hall. Uh, the, the faculty will not be teaching them face-to-face. -face. They won't be having classes in Michelson, Chauvinet, Rickover, et cetera. So it's going to be um, the best of a bad situation. You know, the soup's intent was to meet the measure of the three prongs of the Naval Academy mission in so far as you can. And, and he was very bullish on the fact that you can't do the moral and physical part via distance learning. You arguably can do it, the academic part, via distance learning. But he's like, look, I need to brigade back. And so that's what we've done. And the rest is adjusting to the situation as it unfolds. And John, you know, being the PAO at the Naval Academy, um, there are elements that are fraught with peril here. Um, and so it's going to take a lot of adult leadership in unorthodox ways. It's going to take a presence piece that you can't just throw them in Bancroft Hall and go, okay, you got a, a rack and you got grab and go chow. You figure out the rest. That's not going to work. We've seen coaches are already kind of doing this. And this is where varsity athletes might have an advantage of your average intramural warrior in that there's more leadership. There's more direction. There's more structure. Um, and so, but even in that regard, we're seeing that it's, it's a moving picture. So I don't know, you know, uh, I mean, the, the, we make assumptions as, uh, residents and grads and I'm sure parents are making assumptions and, um, it's a brave new world and, and they're operating without a net to use a bunch of tortured metaphors at once. So, <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, back on the back on the sports circuit before um, we we head to our first break and talk to Commander Tammy Lovich, Wags. I, I think you were like the only human being or the only non you know major league lacrosse person up in the press box at maybe Marine Corps Stadium this past week for 
to the uh, Major League Lacrosse Tournament at uh, Neiman Rancourt Stadium. What was it like? Uh, you know, we talked to Coach O'Donohue a little bit later about his thoughts on playing a game in front of no fans. How, how did the tournament come off in front of no fans? And what was it like seeing maybe Marine Corps Stadium with no fans in there? Well, it was very interesting. I mean, first of all, I covered a sporting event. It was kind of cool. I, you know, here I am, grizzled veteran. You know, I live in Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium press box, it seems like, in all year round during the school year from football and across and whatnot. But uh, I had not stepped foot in the stadium since uh, early March when I covered a Navy, uh, whatever it was, they played a Patriot League game. I, I, they beat uh, Colgate, I think it was. But, yeah, it was uh, cool. I mean, Major League Lacrosse seems to have done a pretty good job of their quarantine tournament. They got all their players and officials and other support personnel quarantined at the Weston Hotel. And what they do is they bus a team. The two teams that are playing at the moment get bussed directly to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium while they're already in uniform. They get off, get off the bus. They walk out on the field to play the game. They get back on the bus, go back to the Weston Hotel and quarantine. They're eating box lunches in their uh, hotel rooms. Um, so it seems to be working. Uh, the tournament started Saturday with a triple header. Our local team is the Chesapeake Bay Hawks. They're an Annapolis-based franchise, and Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium has been their home field for many years now. And uh, the Bayhawks were 2-0 and after the weekend, uh, played pretty well yesterday, uh, beat New York Lizards pretty handily. And then uh, they're going to play all week. And then Saturday, the next Saturday will be the semifinals and the championship on Sunday. So it was cool to be in Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Obviously, it was weird. No, not a soul in the stands, totally empty. And, you know, the, I actually, when I first came in, I watched part of the game from the standing there in the uh, stadium. And you can hear everything. The coaches yelling their instructions, the players talking. I mean, it's like going to a youth lacrosse game. Um, probably good I want to mention one, one other thing. Coaching again, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to hear that, that really loud pitch, that high pitch, like, <laughs> right, right. Well, one other thing I'll mention while I'm thinking about, because uh, going back to Ward talking about uh, the Naval Academy and the whole COVID thing, um, as you can imagine, I asked Scott Strassmeyer, the sports information director at the Naval Academy, are you going to be releasing numbers of of athletes, varsity athletes that test positive for COVID, you know, numerous schools are doing that, you know, almost all schools, Maryland announced eight guys tested positive, you know, every, every, all we hear it all the time about these schools that are bringing football players back and announcing then that, you know, X amount have, have tested positive for the virus. Well, department of defense, privacy rules. You knew that answer, didn't you, Johnny? I've given that answer before. I mean, it, it comes off like, a, you know, it just rolls off the tongue like a talking point. Yeah, so we're not going to have any idea what Navy varsity athletes test positive, how many. And, you know, I'm not allowed to go to Navy practice. I could probably figure it out when I see that uh, starting quarterback so-and-so is not, Perry Olsen is not at practice for four days, but I'm not going to be going to practice this year. I'm going to be doing all my interviews on Zoom. So we'll have no idea what Navy athletes are testing positive and quarantining, unfortunately, because of the Department of Defense, very tight-knit privacy rules. 
Yeah, definitely a lot to uh, definitely a lot to consider. And and again, I, I say it every week that we appreciate what you're doing, uh, particularly this week as you're on furlough. Um, I'll I'll stop from my political rant on on the Tribune Company on that. But um, thanks again for what you do. And um, and uh, you know we're going to go to break really quick here. When we come back, we're going to talk to Commander Tammy Levitch, who's one of the assistant athletic directors at the U.S. Naval Academy, class of 68, uh, enshrined in the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Uh, before we head to break, I just want to remind everyone that this podcast is brought to you by Mills Fine Wine and Liquors, located right down here on Main Street. Uh, if you hear the music in the background right now, I'm at the Fleet Reserve Club, um, enjoying some of uh, you know, the, the, the romanticism of Annapolis. But uh, um, if you ever have the occasion to come down to Annapolis for your reunion, for your uh, party at home. If you just want something to be delivered to your boat, please rely on Mills Fine Wine and Liquors. They deliver. Um, we're going to go to break. Um, thank you for listening to Sing Second Sports. We'll be right back. All right, we are back on Sing Second Sports. Thanks for sticking with us. It is time for our alumni segment. Very happy to be joined by Carl Tammy Levich, uh, former Naval Academy lacrosse player, class of 1968, roommate of Admiral Mike Mullen. Uh, Commander T, uh, so good to have you on the uh, pod. How's everything going? Hey, th- John, things have been going uh, great and really appreciate what you guys are doing to keep uh, our Navy athletics uh, in the forefront. Uh, uh, and thank you for that. Oh, no, it's it's our pleasure, sir. So I, I'll just kind of start it off. There's been a bunch of news uh, that Bill Wagner um, on our podcast here, uh, you know, has, has broken over the past couple of days, specifically with um, the Patriot League schedule being changed. And, and then there was the release from the from the city of Philadelphia about uh, live events. So if you can kind of, you know, part the kimono a little bit and let us know how it's been going, try to adapt to this and how the coaches are dealing with it, um, I think our listeners would be you know, pretty interested in that. The Naval Academy for us is kind of closed off. I think uh, uh, when we went out in uh, this 40% uh, loading uh, for the NAAA, I think that's going to start soon that we can get back to work and, uh, and uh, hit Ricketts Hall again. Uh, even though the football staff has been there, uh, you know, Scott Strassmeyer has been there and, um, and the, you know, the coaches and, and we've got the football team uh, uh, ready to go and doing weights. And, uh, you know, they stayed uh, 14 days for the long. I think they'll be breaking out of that uh, pretty soon. Um, the thing with the Patriot League, of course, everyone saw the announcement that there's going to be no uh, Patriot League fall sports. They followed the Ivy League like we thought they were going to do. They're very, the presidents are, are fairly close on that, uh, and for both the Ivies and, uh, and Patriot League. So basically, the no Patriot League. However, uh, through Chet and, uh, through the AD at, uh, at Army and, uh, and Admiral Buck, um, I mean, uh, really stressed the importance of the triad that we have here at both service academies. That you know it's uh, morally, mentally, and physical. So the the physical portion, all uh, all the mids are doing uh, you know working out. Some have to do some type of athletics. 
So the Patriot League has given us a waiver to go ahead and play our fall sports. So uh, that's what we've uh, directed the coaches to do, to go out and find, uh, you know, some scheduling opportunities. Uh, of course, that's uh, kind of hard for them to do right now because uh, a lot of the other conferences haven't been forwarded, haven't been forward enough to let, let their teams know, hey, we're going to do, uh, we're going to allow you to play soccer. So we're going to allow you to do, uh, you know, something else, water polo or whatever. So uh, I think uh, our coaches are probably uh, making contact with uh, a lot of the institutions that are within days playing different uh, distances. We, we don't intend to uh, make any overnight trips. Of course, we won't be able to play any Patriot League fall games because, uh, you know, they're, they're shut down. But maybe we're looking at the, you know, George Mason's, uh, you know, the Madison's, uh, you know, some uh, some schools around the area that will uh, conduct their fall schedule and we'll be able to, to join them. Uh, of course, we're going to be very careful uh, with um, uh, COVID-19 to make sure that our competition is doing what they are required to do or what they should do regarding the safety of their athletes, because the safety of their athletes will affect the safety of our athletes when we play. So we're going to we'll do something with the contracts and Chet will uh, will approve all uh, the false uh, the fall games. That we'll be doing. We're gonna probably do uh, multiple games versus Army instead, instead of like maybe the the so men's soccer program only playing uh, the one game versus Army. We may do a home and away, and maybe even do a uh, you know something in between. Uh, you know where we can um, you know play it at a neutral site. So there may be maybe three games. We'll see how that works and see how what we can put together. We're not interested in, uh, you know, multi-week games, you know, maybe one game a week with uh, with some of our sports. So that's where we are. So, Carl, let's go way back to uh, your youth. You grew up in New Hampshire. What attracted you about the Naval Academy? Went to Holy Cross for a year. Uh, my head coach was uh, – my football coach and, and basketball coach were both from Holy Cross when we were there because I could play baseball. They didn't have spring practice. So after uh, uh, after a year there, I had a there was a doctor from my hometown who was stationed at Bainbridge, Maryland, which was where Naps was, and asked me about the Naval Academy again. And so I took him up on the offer. He, he talked to Rip Miller at the time, and so they gave me an opportunity to go to Naps for a year, and that's where I picked up lacrosse. I played football, basketball, and lacrosse at Naps, and um, and then uh, you know came to the Naval Academy. And almost, I was going to play baseball, play baseball, but Bill, they asked me a couple, Coach Bilderback asked me a couple times to come up with a lacrosse team. So I said, well, if he wants to be that bad, I think I'll just play, do the lacrosse. Team. So while you were at the academy, you lettered in lacrosse, football, and what was your third sport? No, just lacrosse and football. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, and I, you, like uh, I said, I was going to play, please. I played baseball in the complete summer. But then when the fall came, I play, ended up playing fall lacrosse, and then, you know, in the spring I played as a plea. And you were enshrined in the Intercollegiate Lacrosse Hall of Fame a couple of years ago, or when did that? Yeah, but that was, I think, 90 or 91, around that time. Uh, I think my uh, 
I think what got me there really was, uh, I mean, my third class year at the academy, I had to, I had to uh, guard Jimmy Lewis every day at practice. So that kind of improved my skills quite a bit. Uh, you know, and I, and I was just thinking about Jimmy, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, you, you talk about, you know, great, great lacrosse players and you kind of, you can't really compare them to the guys uh, um, in today's uh, Jenner, I guess. But uh, a little story about that. Uh, Jimmy's freshman team, his, uh, his plebe team, the uh, the varsity were, were uh, national champions that year. Bildy set up a scrimmage, and the, and Jimmy's plebe team beat the varsity team in a scrimmage. That's how good the guys out of 66 were. I mean, they were loaded. But uh, and so smokes. I had the fortunate thing coming up as a – as a third class, those guys were first class. And so we had a great team then. And then the junior year, we won the national championship again. And unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, Hopkins beat us uh, my senior year, and Maryland beat us my senior year. So that, that wasn't uh, – so two out of three wasn't bad. Ahead, hey, Wags. Carl, Bill Wagner jumping in here real quick. Um, first of all, we should remember that uh, Carl was a Smizer Award winner as the nation's best defenseman. That's probably your top honor you received in college. But you were many of uh, two-sport athletes. I mean, I, I think in those days, Willis Bilderback, the legendary Hall of Fame coach, got most of his lacrosse players from other sports. Jimmy Lewis was a great soccer player. In fact, was on the Navy national championship soccer team, you were a football player and one of many, I mean, I think especially on defense, almost every defenseman on the lacrosse team was a football player. Can you kind of talk about the legacy of builder Bildy using football players to play lacrosse, teaching them how to play lacrosse pretty much at the Academy? Yeah, I, I could, uh, yeah, I, I can do that uh, very easily. You know, first of all, we love Bildy as a, uh, almost like a father figure for everybody. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he would uh, go and uh, seek out good athletes. That's what he wanted to see. Like, uh, uh, I would think, like, uh, you got a Pat Donnelly who probably never played lacrosse until he got to the again, picked it up his plebe year, uh, playing plebe ball, and all of a sudden he's uh, he's an All-American. Uh, a lot of football players like that, you know, they're all athletes. And I think that's what he looked for. Uh, picked up a lot of soccer players that way. Of course, most of the soccer players I think that he picked up probably played lacrosse in the spring. Uh, you know, we had uh, uh, kids from uh, from Baltimore and uh, Long Island. Jimmy, like he, like you said, was a was a great uh, uh, soccer player. In fact, he kicked the winning goal in the Army Navy game uh, uh, versus Army uh, that year and. Uh, and when you were national champs, so it's significant, uh, significant things. So, yeah, it went after a lot of athletes. I think he just looked for the athlete. We had, uh, you know, several very, very good football players, of course, that played uh, 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 lacrosse and, you know, and soccer. And it's um, uh, tremendous. At that time, we could do both, do two sports. You know, you can look at Roger Staubach. Yeah, I think he. Ended up playing three, you know, played basketball and baseball in the spring. And uh, a lot of uh, the football players either played probably baseball and lacrosse. A lot of them ran track. Uh, 
you know, in the spring uh, during their off season and stuff. I just, uh, I'm thankful that uh, Realty gave me the opportunity um, to play and, and be a member of the, be a member of the squad. So, so along those lines, uh, Commander T, um, yeah, so, you know, you and I have talked at length, you know, both on the golf course and, and when I kind of worked for you as the women's soccer O-Rep, uh, when I was there as a lieutenant from 2000 to 2003 about, you know, the fact that, that you and my dad, you know, kind of ran in similar circles. My dad was a 65 grad from, from Maryland, played goalie, um, and, and oft would tell me that the hardest shot that he ever had to face was, was uh, off of Pat Donnelly um, back in the day, and that the most imposing lacrosse player he ever saw, and I may be, you know, brutalizing this name, but I think he said Phil Henderson, uh, oh, yeah. was like, yeah. yeah, he was a like lineman on the football team, but also like a like a, either a short stick midi or a defenseman. Yeah, yeah no, so, he faced off, and he was a yeah, he was a short stick midi. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, to to Wags's point, you know, phenomenal athletes. Um, yeah, and and my dad always rude the the fact that you know through three years on varsity at Maryland, he, he never got to beat you guys, and and you guys won the national title. Um, do you ever do you ever remember you know facing off against number ten between the pipes for for Maryland or? No, uh, I remember. I, you know, I remember your dad very well. He's a, he was an exceptional goalie. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, you know what Navy was able to uh, to accomplish uh, back then. Uh, a couple of drills though we used to do. We used to have a um, a three man drill where you had um, you know the, the coach would let the ball out. And two guys would be on the same team chasing the third guy. And we would, uh, instead of, hey, I got the ball, I got the ball, it's I got the man, I got the man. So you'd scare the other guy off the ball and pick it up. It was an easy scoop at that time. Well, so now, um, you know, going from your, you know, your lacrosse days, uh, and I mentioned at the beginning, you know, you had a, you had a fairly – fairly well-known roommate at the Naval Academy named Mike Mullen, who, you know, continues to kind of be your, your right-hand man, so to speak, uh, out on the golf course as you guys won the Naval Academy Commandants Cup uh, last year. Um, can you kind of talk about, you know, last question for me, can you kind of talk about the, uh, the friendship that is, you know, maintained with you guys over the course of your careers and, and how nice it is to just, you know, continue to go out and play golf, hopefully here pretty soon on the Naval Academy course again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mike and I, uh, I think our friendship, we weren't roommates, by the way. Um, we were something else that I can't, I'm not allowed to say. Um, because it was, against <laughs> okay. Naval, it was against Naval Academy rules. But anyways, um, uh, basically what we had a house out in town. Okay. Uh, oh, okay, got it. Got so it. Yeah, it was one of those things. But uh, a long story about that. But we, our friendship. Our friendship grew from that point on. Um, uh, we, uh, Mike was a, a recruited basketball player. No one really knew that, but he was from uh, uh, a school out in uh, Southern California and came and uh, he saw a couple of guys on the basketball floor that were really, really good. And he said, well, I think I'll stick to intramurals instead of doing this after a couple of times. But Mike was, uh, Mike's a very good athlete. Um, so our friendship grew from uh, being at the Naval Academy. I had a couple of classes with them. Uh, I think one of the main things, our wives hit it off so well together. They got to be good friends as soon as they met. 
And I think, of course, having that um, friendship builds upon, built upon our friendship. Uh, you know, we couldn't really break away from each other or get away. It was all, you know, family stuff. And, uh, and uh, so we, we kept growing that. And, of course, uh, Mike uh, was a company officer here. Then he was assistant to the, uh, to the command for a while, came back for the 10th reunion and stayed with him and uh, with he and De- uh, Deborah uh, for a uh, homecoming and stuff. And, you know, we just, um, Mike was in my wedding. I missed Mike's. Um, I was uh, flying down in, uh, she said, I it must have been even a rag. I couldn't get away to, to attend his, his wedding and stuff with Deborah. And, uh, but he came to mine. And um, I mean, it's just been close. Uh, and then um, we got together again when I came back to the Naval Academy, working in the athletic department, played side to play golf a little bit together and said, hey, let's team up and, and get this done and play in the combat stuff. So we're very fortunate. We came in second place, runner up. He's maybe in uh, maybe in the mid 90s. And uh, we, we lucked out and won at about. Uh, I think two years ago, um, the Commonwealth Cup uh, working together. Um, yeah, you beat uh, you beat one of our former guests uh, on here, oh, Mike Heary, and oh yeah, we, yeah and so, we love we love beating Mike Heary. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had to include that because I know Mike's going to listen and that he's still he is still bitter about that loss. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say the name Sandbagger came out on you, Commander T, because he has no, no, that, that was <laughs> no, that, he must have had that. That was on uh, uh, Mike. That's that was on <laughs> right. But you know, we're talking about Heary though, the best free throw shooter that I've ever seen in my life. I think he holds a Red Naval Academy record. Terrific. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah terrific. Wags, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask one last question, more related to current Navy athletics. Uh, Carl, as long as long as I've been covering Navy, Carl has been the men's lacrosse administrator. And so Carl and I are always in the press box together. Carl is keeping a watchful eye on how men's across is progressing. I wanted to ask you, Carl, what you think of Joe Amplo. I've been fairly impressed with what I've seen so far. I've gotten to know him pretty well here in a short time. I think he's going to do a good job. But, you know, you're the expert. What is your thought on Coach Amplo? You think he's going to do well here at Navy? Well, I think he's going to do tremendously at Navy. I I like everything about him, how he's – you know, he bring, brought the team together. Uh, um, hasn't missed a hasn't missed a beat. Uh, brought uh, two uh, assistants with him um, that are uh, are great. Uh, I think they all they've all got the uh, the correct mentality. They they know more about the academy than I thought they did, and they're even learning more. Um, really, uh, uh, the the team. Has uh, has accepted them right away, and I think it's just because of their attitude and what they brought what they brought with them. Uh, it's, I'm looking forward uh, to seeing them uh, come back, uh, you know, next spring. I thought we started off well this past spring, so unfortunately the season had a shutdown a little bit too early for us, uh, and I'm I feel felt sorry for those first class who weren't allowed. Uh, to complete their collegiate careers, you know, like Kern and, and uh, the rest of the guys. And, um, but, you know, things uh, are moving on. 
and uh, like I say, I'm really looking forward to, to working with Joe for uh, quite a while. Carl, thanks for being on the show. Uh, you know, in uh, truth and advertising, Carl and I are neighbors here in Homewood, um, and uh, we've played a lot of golf together. We look forward to uh, continuing that tradition as we go forward. Um, and uh, thanks for everything you've done for the Naval Academy for decades. And uh, thanks for being on the Sing Second podcast today. Well, I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. And uh, uh, thank you very much. All right. So that was uh, Carl Tamulevich, class of 68, uh, former Naval Academy uh, lacrosse player um, and enshrined in the uh, Collegiate Lacrosse Hall of Fame. Uh, so many thanks for, uh, to him for joining us. And, and I echo what Ward said, just someone who really embodies what's uh, right about the Naval Academy physical mission and the Naval Academy itself. So thanks to him. We're going to go to break, pay some bills. This is Sing Second Sports. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at WeSingSecond. That's at WeSingSecond. Now back to the pod. All right, and we are back on Sing Second Sports. Again, I'm your host, John Schofield, joined by Ward Carroll and Bill Wagner. And we are extremely pleased to be joined this week by Coach Tim O'Donohue, the head coach of the Navy men's soccer team. O'Donohue is the sixth head coach in the 100-year history of the Navy men's soccer program. Prior to arriving at Navy, O'Donohue spent five seasons as the associate head coach at the University of Connecticut and 10 seasons as the head coach at Division III Stevens Institute of Technology. Uh, before becoming a coach, O'Donohue was a four-year starter at Muhlenberg College and helped the team to four straight NCAA appearances and a berth in the Final Four in 1995. Coach O'Donohue, thank you so much for joining Sing Second Sports, obviously during such a unique time. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'll, I'll start it off before I kick it to Bill Wagner and, and Ward Carroll for the, for the tougher you know, harder uh, journalistic questions, but obviously your your plebe class came in here in the last couple of weeks. Um, they came in at a time you had experiencing a plebe year unlike any other. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, recruiting class, what you like about these particular players, and, and what contact you've had with them? Yeah, no, I'm excited about the class. I think, you know, I think this class is very consistent. You know, all, you know, all of these players have played at some point with an MLS Academy, which is in our world, which is a big deal. And, you know, just, you know, good enchant, good intangibles, um, very, you know, very technical, you know, athletic class, but, you know, they seem like they're going to fit in very well. You know, we don't need them to do too much right away. I think, I think we have a couple guys that might make it, an impact, but you know we can we can uh, get them used to their first year at the academy, which you know is difficult. And I think you know just continue to build our team and our depth. Did they have any trepidation, or did you have any cases of players you know who were coming in because of COVID, because of the awkwardness of the fall sports season? Have you had anyone kind of waffle on on you know? on their commitment, or have you had to assuage any fears of you know what's going on? You know. Yeah, I think, you know, the, it was a little different. Obviously, we get to see normally the day before here at the Academy, we meet with the families and we talk to them. And 
So a lot just like this through Zoom and, you know, talking to the players and their families. But, you know, generally, to be honest, you know, they were pretty good. I mean, I think, you know, the kids these days have to be resilient through through what's happening. And sometimes the questions were more from the parents than the, the actual player. Um, but, you know, we had one or two kids we were concerned about the first, you know, couple days of Pleep Summer, just like we always are. You know, it's, but I think different because they were – they're in restriction of movement. So probably a lot more time to think than normally, but everybody's good. Everybody's still here. And, you know, I was just walking around the yard a little bit and, and it looks, except for the mask, they're walking around the plebes and doing what you'd expect to be doing. So, you know, we're, uh, I'm excited that they get to get started kind of a short and plebe summer the next four weeks. Um, but I'm sure they'll get the most out of them. If I know, uh, if I know what we do here at the Academy. Hey, Coach, it's uh, Ward. So um, what's your understanding of reform? Um, when, when is the rest of the brigade coming back? And what's your practice schedule going to look like that uh, at, at that point, do you think? Yeah, Ward, as of our, you know, yesterday our, our team came back. So, every, you know, last night I asked my captain, I said, roll call, who's here? Every play, you know, every, every player – is back for our team, uh, which is interesting because we, we haven't had a guy leave the team in the last, I think, 18 months, which is which is nice. But every player is actually on the yard. We have two guys that left for EOD, EOD Cruz, two of our seniors, um, to do that the next week. And then we have a couple guys that are plebe summer details. But our team is – is everybody is here. And, and, um, and the, the juniors and seniors – um, I believe are coming towards the end of this week. So, you know, and, and the plebes are here. So, you know, as far as I, I'm not sure if the details of reform have been out, I, obviously I'm following it, but I'm looking at it more from the lens of, of my team and when they come back, but um, the superintendent has been, you know, giving updates every Friday. So I think we're hopeful they'll be back, uh, you know, here shortly. I'll jump in real quick, Coach. Uh, the last time we talked um, was when the Patriot League announced they would not play fall sports, and you have had to rebuild your schedule, if you will. Where do you stand in terms of games? You got anyone other than Army locked in? Yeah, it, well, the Atlantic 10 announced they're, you know, I think a lot in the NS, NEC, are, they're kind of framing it that they're going to play in the spring. So we lost – three or four games Friday. So right now we have Longwood, Mount St. Mary's, uh, Liberty, Army three times. But, you know, it's pretty fluid. So uh, to be honest, Bill, I'm kind of waiting. A lot of these guys I've been, you know, the other Division One head coaches, you know, we've all been in the business together for a while. So just trying to see who's going to play, you know, and also it fits within what we can do. That's, you know, something we can drive, play, get in the bus, come home. So, you know, we were scheduled to play UMBC and, you know, they, I think they found out Friday that they're not playing. So, you know, right now we have, you know, six games. I'm trying to add a couple, but you know, it's, 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 and, and we hear this, we talk about this all the time, but it really is true. It's, it's very fluid and it's, it's not even week to week in some ways, day to day. So I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm kind of tracking what, what the other schools are doing, but you know, I'm, I'm really focused right now, Bill, to be honest, getting my team get as getting in practice again. I know, I know Ward asked that as well. And, you know, we're hoping to, to start training August 10th and, and to really just start you know, 
focusing on my team. You know, I mean, I mean, I think there's a, there's a tendency to focus on what other people are doing, what teams can play, but I'm just real excited that the team is all in the yard. I'm excited we could start playing and training shortly, and then we're going to kind of go from there. So you, you said we're playing Army three times? <laughs> it looks like we're going to go home. You know, this is something we're kind of working on. Um, but Eric Rudin, who, you know, works pretty closely with the game in Philadelphia, we're hoping to do a neutral game in, in Town Andrews Stadium again. And that may, you know, what that looks like with the crowd, we're not sure. And then possibly a home away. So it might be, it might be, it might look like that. So that's, that's something that's, you know, we're working on this week. It's on my to-do list to kind of, to, to kind of hit those dates, but we're working, we're reverse engineering a little bit because we're trying to see which games we have before we do those dates um, for army Navy. And also what other, te- what our other fall teams are doing. So I, I know, I know uh, Scott wants our, our SID Scott Strasmeyer wants us to pick, pick dates, which are, you know, we're not playing on the same date. So we're kind of working through all that right now with scheduling. So just for the audience that might not be aware, normally we play Army once. That's right. A semester. Okay. Yeah. So we normally play Army uh, at Talent Energy Stadium. And last year we had 10,000 folks at the game, which I believe was number the most attended game in the country for college soccer. And so sometimes it's sometimes it's it depends. There's a big game out on the West coast in California. Um, I believe it's UCLA against Cal Poly that could do like 16, 17,000 and Maryland obviously has some great crowds, but we've had an, you know, last year we tied a one, one was a fantastic game. You know, we, we, uh, to be honest, we put, you know, we, we were a little, we were disappointed with that result because we came into the game 11. Now we're expecting to win and what got the tie and but we're excited to play army again. That's for sure. So in terms of keeping the players safe uh, with testing protocols and the other thing, is there anything that you have responsibility for at your level or is this all up with the superintendent? And your assumption is when they show up for practice that the academy is taking care of that. No, I'm tra- listen, I'm tracking it. I mean, we had our players come in yesterday. We had one guy come in that, you know, had, you know, that actually right when we were going on, I got, I got a text that he, te- one of the players, he tested negative that had, you know, a, a few of the symptoms. So there, you know, we have an unbelievable medical staff here. I think being at the Academy while something like this is going on, you know, as coaches, we're very lucky. And it's something uh, Chet talks about a lot compared to what some of the other schools are going through because, you know, we're, we, we are United States Naval Academy. So every guy will be tested. So there's government mandates. They're tested. They're, they're calling a restriction of movement. Now, our, you know, our, our whole team right now is, starting this morning restriction of movement so they can work out run in the morning work with the ball but they're it's really just them and their roommate so you know they my you know my biggest responsibility is I keep up with the players every day the recruits are you know what I say is our tribe our play you know our team not only our team you know our you know whether it's our equipment manager whether it's our athletic trainer our strength coach so every you know that's a what we're what I'm doing right now which is really I spend a lot of my days right now because we're not in the field. We're not on planes recruiting. It's talking to the players, talking to the recruits, making sure they're okay, seeing how, you know, we have one of our players. His father was an emergency room physician, was down in New Orleans. Um, one of our players, uh, Tony Adewale's mom is, a, uh, is an RN, 
here in Maryland. So we've, you know, we, we're just making sure all the guys are okay. Their families are okay. And, and of course that they're okay. You know, that's, that's, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of what my objective and priorities are every morning when I put my, when I put my list together for the day. So coach, I think the uh, neutral site game at Talon Energy Stadium would be the star game. Is that correct? It, it it seems that way. I know Army doesn't want the star game to be at here at Glen Warner, so yeah. <laughs> so that's something that's in negotiation, right? So I think that makes the most sense. If it's if it's at Talent Talent Energy Stadium, if we can play that game, that'll be a star game. And then if you know for whatever reason we can't play there, I think that's what we got to figure out. I would think it'd be here at Glen Warner because we are we are the home team this year. Um, so I. Th- but I, you know, I, baseball. What what uh, what Eric told me, you know, what Coach Cassi does, and, and baseball, and it's the best out of three. So I think that's how we would do the star. If if uh, I I believe if we did three games, because I know it, it wouldn't just be one game. It might just be the best out of three. I think that's what baseball does, and I think that might be what we're working towards. So, but I think we're trying to figure that out uh, in the next couple of weeks. So the Patriot League's talking about possibly playing the fall sports in the spring semester. Would you, if you, you would fully participate, first of all, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, no, I think there's a, you know, there's a long way to get there. You know, I know there's some, the coaches, obviously, the way that each league is framing their releases, some, some leagues are saying, hey, the games are going to be in the spring now. And, you know, I think Army, or, or excuse me, uh, Patriot League was a little you know, they didn't say much about that, but I think the hope is that we can play the Patriot League fall season in the spring. And we would, you know, we would, we would be ready to go for that and would be excited, you know, because, you know, we think we're going to be pretty good. So we want to compete. So would you play army again in the spring? I would, I would think, yeah, yeah, we would, I, you know, it would, it's a good question because I think that that is one, I think with, with the fall sports, if they're moved to the spring and there's a long way to go before that happens, I think that would be one of the things of worse. If we're playing three games, how do do we play army again um, in the spring? And I I would think the answer would be yes, because you want, because the other Patriot League teams that it would, it, it would, it would seem to me, and this is just my opinion. I don't, I don't have any inside knowledge on this that you'd play just like we normally play eight games. And, and, um, and then I think what the talk was, was a four team Patriot League tournament. So coach, I'll uh, close this out. Um, you know, you, you mentioned the, um, when you eventually start playing and here I am watching Sheffield against Everton, you know, in front of no fans in the English premier league. What do you think it would be like? Yeah, it, listen, it's a great question. I think a lot of people ask coaches and players, what's it going to be like with no fans? But I think Bundesliga just did a, they just did a study on G- GPS tracking and, you know, the, the movements on the field and all the stats. And it's pretty, pretty similar. How, how, how much you're on, you know, you're getting to your max speed, the effort that you put in. So players are, players are built to play. And of course, it'll be a little bit different, but you know, the players know when they're on TV or it's being streamed, all our games are streamed. They, and truthfully, some of the, some of the best things you see as a coach are when no fans are there. And that, and it's hard for people to understand that. But some of the, sometimes I walk off the field in the practice session, I'm like, man, 
that was so good. And sometimes I walk off and I'm like, oh, that wasn't so good. But some of the best stuff you see, no one's watching. And, you know, it's um, so we're going to we're going to be resilient and we're going to compete. And listen, the, the, the real advantage to one of the advantages we have as coaches here at the Naval Academy is no matter what, even in my beginning years when we were losing one goal games and it was a bit of a struggle, we were competing. You know, there wasn't a game I walked off of we lost that we weren't competing and giving everything. And, you know, that's what you're going to see from our teams. I mean, we're going to give it everything you can. Our, our team here, we're going to give it everything you can, no matter what, if someone's watching, not watching. And uh, that's what makes it so fun to coach here at the academy. All right. So before I let you go, as a lifelong uh, Manchester United follower, and and you know this was pre Beckham. This is when they were wearing sharp across their jerseys. Uh, who do, who do you follow? Do you follow like Bundesliga, La Liga, Syria? Oh, you probably follow all the. Who's your team? Yeah, truthfully, I, I follow everything. You know, I, what I do is I I tape every game in my DVR, all the all top five leagues. So I tape every game, and then when the kids are in bed. And I'm, you know, I, I watch a game or two every night, right? And you know, I get, I guess the team I, I support, you know, and, and this sounds, um, sounds like I'm a, I'm a front runner, but I love Barcelona. You know, I've always, I, I took when I was at Stevens, I took the team to Barcelona in 2008 with, with Messi and Henri, and so, you know, I just love watching. Um, Barcelona but you know truthfully I, I don't watch it as much as a fan you know um you know I watch it as a coach the team I support the most is the New York Giants right I grew up my dad was a Giants fan so I, as a soccer guy I'm more of a I'm more of a guy that's looking at above and kind of analyzing it but for fun the team I follow is uh is is my is the Giants but um but Man United's had a good run right so they they he, they've got it going again so that's exciting yeah, all they need, uh, yeah, another two wins, and I think they secure the top four, and, yeah. and they're back in the rightful spots. Super fun to talk to you, Coach. Really appreciate you making time, uh, really on short notice, to talk to us a little bit about the fall sports season, what it's going to look like for the Patriot League. A lot of good nuggets of news there. The prospect of playing Army three times, whether it's in front of fans or not, is awesome. So uh, many thanks for joining us, and, and stay healthy, and good luck to your recruits as they uh, navigate through Plebe Summer. Yeah, thanks so much, guys, and, and have a great day. Thanks for having me on. All right, no problem. Hey, so we're going to go to break. That was Coach Tim O'Donohue joining us on Zoom uh, here um, on Sing Second Sports. We're going to go to break, but again, this coach's segment was brought to you by Knowles Fine Wine and Liquors, located on Main Street. They deliver. They've got uh, case specials, and uh, they should be your reliable source, uh, should you. Um, have a tailgate or a reunion or just want to order some wine and not go outside. So uh, stick with us through break. This is Singh, second sport. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, please shoot us a DM at We Sing Second. That's at We Sing Second. There are a number of national and local sponsorships still available. All right, we're back. Awesome conversation with uh, Coach O'Donohue. Um, happy to hear that he is a uh, fair weather fan and roots for Barcelona. That's a little bit disappointing, but you know, I've, I've got to, as a former center mid myself, I've got to, I've got to tip my cap to the center midfielder uh, that Coach O'Donohue was and still is. 
So, hey, I'll, I'll toss it to you first, Ward. Um, really interesting week this week with, you know, everything that happened with Patriot League, everything that kind of continues to happen. Here we are. We're on the cusp of Major League Baseball beginning. Um, what's, what's your feeling going forward in terms I'll, – I'll ask you to look kind of short view in terms of Notre Dame game and then long view sports writ large. You know, are you glass half empty or glass half full? Um, I'd like to be a glass half full kind of guy. Um, I'm a little concerned about the silence that has surrounded us basically since we had our conversation with Chet. I'm not hearing any ticket sales information. I'm not hearing any stuff around my class about a tailgater. Um, so I don't know what to make of that. Um, because about that point I was like, oh, maybe we can sort of carve out a semblance of normal around sports, around Navy sports for fall semester. And then since that point, all we've had is one body blow after another. As you said, Patriot League with the waiver of Army and Navy, but we heard from Coach uh, O'Donohue and and others that it's basically just going to be this, uh, you know, port and starboard home and away situation, um, which it's better than not playing at all, but, but, not much. Um, so I think what we're, what's unfolding here is um, a, a more dire situation than, than we thought uh, a few episodes ago with what's getting canceled and what are the realities of life in the yard. So I think as we've heard from every mid we've ever talked to and every coach, you know, we got to kind of adopt their uh, upbeat outlook and and uh, and just kind of get through it, uh, and and hopefully there are some skill sets that that undergrad athletes develop during this unusual time that they can leverage a year from now um, to good effect. Um, but I think we're we're going to have sort of a uh, a best of a bad situation theme um, into the on into the springtime. Yeah, I agree. And and again, we started this podcast and and. It, in adherence to the physical mission, which we think is critical. Uh, those of us who have lived it, those of us who have covered it like WAGs. Um, and, and I know that the Naval Academy will find some way to still accomplish a physical mission despite the, you know, the, the myriad uh, obstacles in front of them. WAGs, what, what are you looking at in terms of like future stories? Right. Yeah, I know we're going to try to get like Miles Fells on uh, the pod and, and football season, hopefully, or football camp is going to be starting soon. What do you what do you keep in your eye on in terms of sports stories on the horizon for your coverage? Well, one thing I was thinking about as we were talking about, you know, is is Navy going to be able to play Notre Dame on Labor Day weekend? Because one of the things I'm starting to hear more and more is starting the season later. I'm reading college football commissioners and other athletic directors talking about, you know, maybe we need to push back. And um, I'm concerned that if Navy does not play Notre Dame on Labor Day weekend, they won't play them because of the fact that I don't know where they both have an open date at present. The other thing is remember that Navy's second game against Lafayette has been canceled. And I'm wondering how long it's going to take for Chuck Gladchuck to fill that that schedule hole, if he will be able to fill the schedule hole, who can he play? And I guess he's waiting for some dominoes to fall. Um, but 
there's a lot of schools across the country that are losing the games that they schedule against what is considered FCS, Football Championship Subdivision. Well, a lot of the Football Championship Subdivision schools are canceling their their seasons for the fall. So like Towson's League, the Colonial Athletic Association, that's Delaware, James Madison, William and Mary, Towson. So all those schools usually play one game against a uh, FBS football bowl subdivision opponent. It's basically a, a payout game. It's a, a money game. And um, like Towson was going to play Maryland. They're going to lose $400,000 by not playing Maryland. And now Towson's not playing anybody. Their season's off. So there's going to be openings. I mean, every school in the country, every FBS school, you know, the power five conference schools all had one of these FCS schools on their schedule, the guarantee games. And so there's going to be people open like Virginia was supposed to play someone like that in the second week of the season. So technically maybe Navy could play Virginia. I don't know, but I'm interested to see if Chuck Gladchuck fills that schedule hole. And I would think that we would hear that soon. I mean, we're pushing toward August here. Um, if he's going to fill the hole, he's got to do it soon. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, we'll, we'll be keeping our eye on it. Obviously, you know, when we first started this podcast several months ago, we couldn't have uh, predicted where we were going to be today. And I think a couple of months from now, we're, we're going to have no idea uh, where, where this whole thing is. Um, so it will, we'll remain flexible as long as you, our listeners, remain flexible. Stick with us. Um, we'll bring you the up-to-date information about the Navy sports seasons as they develop. If you don't read about it in the Capitol from Bill Wagner's byline, you'll hear it here on the Six Seven Sports Podcast. Uh, for Bill Wagner, for Ward Carroll, outstanding golfer in Class of 82, CAG Ops, um, and our intrepid producer, Chris Rebello. I am John Schofield. Thank you for listening to pod number 11. We'll see you next week on pod 12. We're hoping to get Travis Pastrana on um, and a couple of other big guests. And uh, But until then, please shop at Mills Fine Wine and Liquor. Please stay safe. Please wear a mask. Please look out for your fellow citizens. And go Navy, beat Army. This is Sing Second Sports. Out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.